All right, welcome to a Tuesday. Is it only Tuesday? Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom. On the phone with me this hour. Just trying to I'm trying to slow play this. Brad Paff requested Taylor Swift since he's what the artist of the year or something. Brad, 2023 Time Magazine Person of the Year. Taylor person. Swift. Is it, is that a little weird? Like a, a a musical artist is the person of the year. Like nobody did. I understand that she um, paid. There was a an astronomical number where she paid like her staff or whatever her dancers, all the you know people that work under her. Like millions upon millions of bonus dollars, you know, because she has such a huge staff. But there's no like philanthropist or uh, somebody like that that would be the person of the year, you know, like of well, all the I'll things tell you, happening. She really in the world. brought a lot of people together this year. And, uh, you know, her tours are uh, cities and communities uh, want to have her tours uh, because, boy, she really brings money in. Yeah, can we? Do you think we'll be able to have a Taylor Swift concert at the at the uh, the Milwaukee Brewers Stadium? Oh, I think that'd be wonderful. In fact, uh, now that we do have the Milwaukee Brewers Stadium uh, bill signed into law, the Brewers will stay in Wisconsin until the year twenty fifty, and underneath the legislation, we will have uh, year round activities at the uh, American Family Field. And I should so, uh, and, and I should we'll say what happens. We're, we're talking with Brad Paff. He's our state senator here, District Thirty Two, I believe. Uh, he's joining us this hour. He's in Madison. Usually, he's in studio with me because the but the Mondays were wonky and uh, with the holidays, and then the end of the month, the Monday is wonky too. Unless you want to, I don't know, Brad. Did you want to come in on Christmas or? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in the area. I'll right. be in the area, Rick. Uh, we always celebrate Christmas with my parents up on the farms. Yeah, we, I'll be. be hey, sorry guys, I got to go do lacrosse talk PM on Christmas <laughs> Day. I'll bring some presents. I'll get you in here. Um, so yeah, Brad Paff is oh, okay. So I have a couple of things that I oh, okay. Brad, are you gonna be? Are you gonna know or be able to explain this U- University of Wisconsin system fight with? over DEI with the Republicans. Do you understand this, that we can get into it? We don't have to get into it yet, but is it a good thing to talk about? Well, we could definitely talk about anything you and your listeners would like to talk about. I will tell you this, is that, um, you know, I do I do think that uh, this could have been resolved uh, without having such a long, drag-out fight with the um, with the Board of Regents. Uh, the legislature has approved the uh, pay raises for the academic and faculty staff um, at the university system, and there is broad bipartisan support for a new engineering building at the University of Wisconsin-Madison campus. Uh, why this became such a, a long, drawn-out fight with the Board of Regents is anybody's guess, and it's quite unfortunate. Yeah, it's one of the deals where I feel like they we're walking around, we're walking along, we're 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 okay, I guess, and then they pull the rug out from under you and you slip and fall. Um, another thing I want to talk about is uh, this got a hearing today. I don't, I, I think I read that it hadn't gotten a hearing in two years, so it's interesting that it got a hearing. Ranked choice voting. The, I think it's called what they call it here is final five voting to just make it more confusing. Right. Um, the 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 cons against ranked choice voting is it's confusing, and then you you call it final five voting, and nobody knows what the hell you're talking about. Um, so I want to get into that, but also we're going to do a, a little bit of a year in review with uh, State Senator Brad Paff. In uh, in among that will be accomplishments, but also like eh, we we got. We got to get this stuff done because you're only working like four months next year. 
so to speak. Quote, unquote, you're only working. That's unfortunate. There's no reason why the legislature can't uh, put the pedal to the metal and actually uh, get additional work done uh, to help grow our economy and help our communities. But, again, uh, I can tell you that what we were able to get accomplished this past year, I'm proud of some of the work that we did on a bipartisan basis. Believe it or not, we lowered some uh, personal property tax. Well, uh, we no, Brad, to, we can get uh, it. We're sure previewing, that, uh, Brad. Brad, we're previewing the show. And bridges. Brad, we're previewing the show. We're not. We're, you're yeah. going to burn all our, our good stuff. We got to get people to listen <laughs> the whole hour. We can't do all this stuff. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Yo, you're all good. But, yeah, uh, that's, so we, the, that's the problem, Rick, with me being down here and not being in studio with you. you yeah, I, always, I got my uh, hands up, Brad. Well I'm like, hey, wait. Yeah, I know you want it. You want to get it all out there, but um, uh, also. You and you could tell me this. Do we have a do we have a giant? Did the budget surplus balloon to seven billion dollars again? Like it was seven, and then we we used it in the budget. We signed a budget, right? So it went down to like two or three or four billion dollars in surplus that the state has, and has it ballooned back up to seven billion again? Or so? No, uh, but we do still have a budget surplus, and I will do my very best before the end of the hour to get you uh, the uh, dollar amount, but we still do have a budget surplus. And, of course, I'll just say this, Rick, is my dad taught me early on, you know, uh, don't don't just spend the money because you have it. Make sure that you invest it wisely. Um, but there's a, there's many things we can do to make sure that we help our working families with that budget surplus. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Brad Pass going to hang out this hour if you want to get in. 608-785-7914. All right. Uh, let's see here. Let me look ahead. No, we're not doing Taylor Swift Christmas until the, the bottom half of the hour. Next 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 break is Brenda Lee. I got a little fact on Brenda Lee. I want to I, I told this on Friday, but I want to tell it to you when we come back. All right. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk of text line. State Senator Brad Paff is well, I was gonna say he's in studio with me. He's on the phone, he's in his office in Madison. Is it? A, are you in your office, or are you just like? I am. Oh, okay. What is your office yeah, like? I, like, what is that like? Well, it's it's absolutely beautiful, and it's the people's office. Uh, and I invite anyone from the lacrosse area when they're in the state capitol, please stop on by. It's on the ground floor. We've got the beautiful capitol Christmas tree right outside the door here in the rotunda. And um, you know, who's, it's an who's honor next to you? To, have this office on behalf of the people of the district, and I encourage them to stop on by. Who's next to you? Like, does yeah, it go uh, 32, 33, District 34, or like right in order? <laughs> no. In fact, what's right next to me is the men's room. But, uh, <laughs> perfect. Perfect. You know, I, uh, I, am, uh, I am proud uh, wherever. I am proud to be wherever. But, yes, the, uh, it's on the ground floor here outside of the Capitol Rotunda with the Christmas tree. And, of course, the men's room is right next to <laughs> Do you got anything fancy, like like a, a picture of Jordan Love on your wall or, uh, you know, maybe <laughs> – and obviously, you got a picture of your family, I'm sure, but what, what yeah, else? Yeah, I got a picture of my family, and I got a picture of uh, the family farm, and, uh, you know, some other pictures from the district. We got a historic picture of lacrosse from the 1870s. That's absolutely beautiful. And I've got a picture from the State Historical Society regarding uh, the Villa Louie in Prairie du Chien. And so, uh, again, I invite anyone who's ever in the Madison in the state capitol, visiting state capitals, stop on by and visit. 
All right, except Mondays, because uh, you're usually not that. You're back in in your district on Mondays. I'll just say that. Yeah, I think for I'm the generally, most part. I'm generally if I'm in the office, I'm generally here in Madison on um, Tuesdays through Thursdays. But yeah. uh, you know, I try and be in the district as much as I can be. All right, so the Brenda Lee rocking around the Christmas tree was playing in the background. It just ended. I w- I just want to tell you, Brad. So Brenda Lee, she she was 13 when she sang that song in the 1950s. Wow. It was just at the beginning of this month that that song, for the first time ever, went number one on the Billboard charts. Wow. So she's in wow. her 70s now. So Brenda Lee gets the, learns this. So they're like, hey, Brenda, you're rocking around the Christmas tree. Just went number one for the first time ever. So it's pretty cool. Like <laughs> This 13-year-old kid awesome. sings a song in the 50s, and it went to, goes number one for the first time ever in 2023. That's just fantastic. <laughs> pretty crazy. Uh, just fantastic. Well, it's a classic song. It's, uh, it's a classic song. Um, all right, so Brad, Eric from Sparta is calling. I, I want to see what Eric has to say. Eric, you're on with State Senator Brad Paff. What, you got a question for him? Yeah, I do. I, I was wondering, is uh, Brad Paff all in with uh, Governor Evers' DEI program where it discriminates against white people? Can you tell me that? Do you have any idea, about, any insight into that? Please tell me if you can, please. Uh, all right. Yep. Th- thanks, Eric. We we actually it's on the we we previewed it a little bit. Uh, it's not the, the the way you describe it is is pretty ridiculous because every corporation in America would be discriminating against white people because every corporation in America has a DEI program, a diversity, equity, and inclusion. But this is weird, Brad. So there is a fight amongst Republicans, and and there was some news today that they you know the the Board of Regents, I guess, or, or maybe the UW system, however you want to describe that, rejected the Republicans' deal. It's it's. I feel like we're holding raises hostage to NDEI programs when we can negotiate this better. Well, I will say this. First of all, Eric, thank you for the call. And second of all, I want to uh, be absolutely upfront with you. I am a uh, a farm boy from Northern La Crosse County. Um, you know, I am first generation to go to college, so I want to make sure that we have uh, opportunities for everybody uh, to uh, go to college. But to answer the uh, further question is, I do believe that we can uh, continue to uh, make sure that we get quality faculty and quality staff at our university uh, system, and at the same time, uh, build this brand new engineering building on the campus of the University of Wisconsin-Madison that's so important to our business sector. We can do this. Um, and it can be done. In fact, I support those efforts. So, you know, I am surprised that this whole conversation regarding DEI is even part of the larger uh, discussion. Uh, I don't know why it is. And, um, you know, I'm trying to get answers from the leadership at the University of Wisconsin to explain to me uh, what really is going on. Uh, but I just want to let you know that, uh, you know, I think it's important that you know, people have opportunities to go to uh, to go to higher education, maybe a technical college or a four year university, if that's what they would like. Well, this is the thing: DEI is, is confusing to people. It's hard to explain. It's hard to understand. And then when Eric hears about it, he he says it's discriminating against whites, which is not doing at at all in any way. Um, but we we did a podcast on it, me and my, myself and William Garcia on the Democratic Voice podcast, and he explained it very well. But I will tell you, it's not like thick in my mind where I can kind of describe and, and break down. Uh, La Crosse County is, has hired a DEI consultant. She's been going around uh, government and um, within the community to to do DEI. And I've had her on the show and I've had her explain it and it's hard to explain. 
and I I kind of I came away with it, and I go, okay, well, I kind of I understand it fresh when she's telling it to me, but like later on, so I'm not going to be able to tell you greatly, uh, you know, be, being able to describe the benefits of DEI, um, but the the whole holding. Okay, so first of all, pay raises were in the state budget. So is it even are we we're legally fighting Republicans right now because we passed the state budget and UW system employees like uh, from your janitors to your professors aren't getting their pay raises that were in the budget. That seem that's that's a legal fight we're having, right? That that is correct. All right, so we're paying lawyers on behalf of the UW system, and we're paying lawyers on behalf of Republicans to fight about this. Uh, taxpayers are. So this is another one of those where taxpayers are footing the bill for uh, all these lawyers. That's, that is correct. It's so frustrating. It, that's correct. Um, all right. So another thing. Okay. UW, you, you were just appointed to the State Building Commission. So you, you have like a, a big, you know, your hat's in this game, right? Because the building right. is one of these things that's being held hostage, right? This, this building in Madison. I want to know, Brad, is the building in, at UW-La Crosse, the Prairie Springs Science Center Phase 2, is that part of this negotiation at all? Unfortunately not. And um, and that is something I'm trying to get a greater understanding from the UW system leadership is why uh, we are not uh, the UW system leadership is not advocating uh, more strongly to get the uh, building at the University of Wisconsin La Crosse built. Um, I, I was disappointed that that it was not part of this conversation because the thing is is that we all know the importance of having a strong UW lacrosse, what that means for our regional economy, uh, what that means as far as, you know, the quality of life that we have uh, within the lacrosse area. And um, the University of Wisconsin lacrosse is, is a leader, and it's a healthcare leader in the healthcare sector. And um, we need those graduates, we need those jobs, and those are good paying jobs, but we need to have a, a facility uh, that uh, can train these uh these uh, students and um, uh, unfortunately, the UW system um, does not is not part of the conversation that they're currently having in regards to um, the uh, pay raises and the um, the new building construction. It's it's weird too because the, okay, the, I understand the science building at UW Madison is going to bring in thousands of these like engineering students, which is it, it kind of, frankly, it's kind of amazing. Like, if we build this building, thousands more of engineering students are kind of coming to the state. You mm-hmm. know what they're going to have? They're going to have a good experience at Madison. Or, you know, if we did this at the Science Center at UWL, they're going to have a good experience living in La Crosse. And then they're likely going to stay here. They could get a job, you That's know, right. in La Crosse or in Madison or in Wisconsin somewhere. A lot of times that happens. Hey, you, 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 you hone these relationships within Madison or within La Crosse or any other th- these schools. Um, but the idea that we're going to withhold, we, we have the money to build this building in Madison or, or you know, if lacrosse isn't on the table, it's not on the table, but we can talk about the science building in Madison. We have the money. We're going to do it. But to do that, we need to end these 43 diversity positions uh, at the in the UW system. OK, so you do have the money to build the building. You're willing to do it. But the, the payoff is like we're going to eliminate DEI within this. It's such a weird it's infuriating because hey, we have the money. We're willing to give up the money. We're gonna willing to build the building, but no. And like, like they get, that's a that's a weird one for me, and for me, Rick, and I think for your listeners as well. And that's why I'm trying to get a greater understanding. 
what exactly did the leadership at the University of Wisconsin system, what are they proposing and what are they really seeking to do here? Um, and I don't understand it. And I don't think Eric, um, he's asking a fair question. Um, I, we, we need a better explanation from the leadership at the University of Wisconsin system to explain what, uh, what is going on here. Because I will say this, the legislature has already approved the pay raise for the faculty and the academic, academic faculty and the staff through, for the universities uh, in this state. Yep. We also have strong bipartisan support for a new engineering building at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, which will create, as we know, a number of strong graduates that can invest in our economy. So where did this other topic, um, why is the University of Wisconsin system even engaged in a conversation uh, with Robin Voss and the and uh, the legis- members of the legislature in regards to uh, this other topic. I don't understand it. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. When you say you agree with Eric, you didn't agree with Eric because Eric said uh, it's uh, we're we're discriminating against, against whites. That's the fight here. Uh, so well, I, I, I you know I. I understand Eric's uh, question. I will say this, is that I am uh, a Caucasian. I am a rural male. I am first generation uh, off the farm. Um, And, you know, I... I, I understand. I understand his his comments, and I want to make sure that more first generation uh, individuals get the opportunity to, to get higher education if that's what they want. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a matter of, and I'm not doing a good job out of it either. Is explaining what DEI is. Uh, if you work at, at any company, especially corporations, if you work at, at these things, they they have DEI positions, and maybe there's a conversation about the University of Wisconsin systems having. Uh, spending too much in DEI. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a, but, but the idea that we're just got to end it and then we're going to shift these 43 DEI positions into focusing on quote unquote student success. Well, what does that mean, Brad? Well, I think that's, I think you're asking the right question. What does student success mean? And I will say this is that, uh, you know, explaining what DEI is, I think we know what the word diversity means and inclusion. I think all of that you know, we understand that. And I will say this, is that, you know, it was many, many years ago that uh, I uh, went to college and uh, I did my level best to be prepared. Um, But the thing is, there were a lot of things I didn't know. And, um, you know, I had the opportunity to learn uh, from, you know, individuals on campus about different, you know, we're People come from different places, come from the city, come from suburbs. And, and again, I wasn't from that area, and I got an opportunity to learn, and it helped me grow as a human being. So that was student success. And, um, again, how we identify this and how we describe the roles, uh, that's a – you know, it's an open question, uh, but this is what the debate we're having right now uh, within our legislature. And by having this debate, and I think it's an important debate, but let's recognize by having this debate, um, you know, we are not funding an engineering building uh, that um, we could be funding to make sure that we get more uh, graduates uh, that have, you know, an engineering background that can contribute immediately to our economy. Uh, we're not doing that, and uh, that's uh, that's sad because I'll say this, Rick. Our University of Wisconsin-Madison engineering program is one of the best in the nation, but there's 1,200 students within that program. Purdue University, another Big Ten university, which is a good school and a good engineering program, they have 4,000 students right. in their engineering program. So 
we are three and a half times smaller than Purdue. And, you know, if we want to continue to grow this economy and we know everything is taking place as far as advanced manufacturing, um, the, the concept of AI, uh, all of that, we need to make sure that uh, we have a workforce that's prepared for that. But instead of having a workforce prepared for that, we're having this other conversation. Yeah, and I believe the engineering building, I, I want to say it's going to be five digits. We're going to be able to bring in like 10,000 engineering students. So we're going to blow Purdue out of the water if we did this. But the idea that we're going to hold, we're going to hold the, the, the system building or the engineering building hostage because DEI. Also, um, the other part of this deal, and we got to go to break, Brad, but I'll just, we could stew on it for a minute. Yep. Um, the system also would have to drop an affirmative, uh, affirmative action faculty hiring program at Mutaby Madison and create a position focused on, quote unquote, conservative thought. So I don't know what that is. Conservative, uh, a position of conservative thought. It's, uh, you know, if you could explain, I can't explain DEI. I also can't explain conservative thought, but we'll come back uh, and talk about it when we're uh, after the break. Very good. Baby, All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608. 785-7914 is the talk and text line. Brad Path, State Senator Brad Path, District 32 here in the Onala- greater La Crosse region, Onalaska area, and uh, nope. way south of here and way west of here and just not east of here because, or not west nope, of here because I, of the Mississippi. Yeah, not west. East. Yeah, East. I always, you know what? I, I always screw that up. I don't know why I screw that up, but I do all the time. And I, I just want to, I want to, Kent's waiting on hold here for a minute. Thanks, Kent, for waiting. But I just kind of want to wrap up the, the DEI fight here. Um, the budget surplus. So I I looked it up, and it is seven billion again. So it was two billion. It's back to seven billion. So we have so we have this money that we could we could fund the building project, and we could give the pay raises. The pay raises are in the budget anyway, so that has nothing to do with it. Uh, we we could do all the things, but now we're negotiating. So like when we when Wisconsin wants an engineering building, we could do that. We have seven billion dollars in budget surplus. UW Lacrosse Prairie Spring Science Building has been sitting on the fence for five years. Five years. At, at some point, I don't know. It's a science building, and science does science change and evolve in five years? Are the blueprints that we spent probably a million dollars on? I don't know that for a fact, but like whatever we spent to make the plans to build the second phase of the Prairie Spring Science Building. Are those going to be obsolete at some point after five? You know, after we sit on this building for five years? That's right. That's a fair question. That's and, a very fair question. And seven billion dollars is a lot of money. So this is a drop in the bucket because I think the Prairie Springs building costs like two two hundred fifty million. And if we would have did it right away, it cost eighty million. But now it costs two hundred fifty million because the right. Republicans decided to sit on it. That's right. Yeah, no, that's you're right. I'm not going to disagree. There's there's an awful lot that could take place here in the next uh, few months in the legislature. But again, uh, it seems like the uh, soap opera of the moment is uh, this uh, internal debate that's taking place within the University of Wisconsin system, and you know how they're approaching the uh, leadership of the uh, legislature in regards to how we're going to make sure that we pay the faculty and staff at our university system and to make sure that we get this new engineering building constructed at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. 
What other projects are on that building? You're on the building commission now. Are there are there other things besides the Prairie Springs? I think there's a parking lot at UWL. Or oh yeah, parking ramp. And there's always up there's always updates that need to take place. Obviously, when you have uh, facilities, you know there's uh, there's utility upgrades that need to take place. There's yeah. the plumbing, and uh, there's always the ventilation issues. And there's just uh, continuing to make sure that uh, you know the housing uh, um, on the campus is strong as well. So yeah, all of is- those are uh, there. Um, and, um, we'll see what happens. And, um, well, this but, is like, uh, again, uh, I look forward to, uh, and again, we got a big state. There's an awful lot that's taking place in these, uh, uh, other campuses as well. But, um, without a doubt, investing in the University of Wisconsin lacrosse and investing in health science at University of Wisconsin lacrosse is an important priority. Yeah. When the board of regents or UW system, I don't know which one was which, but they, when they put out their priority list, number one on the list was that engineering building at Madison. Number two was the UW lacrosse Prairie Spring Science Center. All right. Kent, you've been waiting on hold long enough. Go ahead. You're on with State Senator Brad. Hey, thank you, Rick. Hey, Brad, good to talk to you. Hey, um, I'm Kent, the mayor of the north side of La Crosse, but anyway, my wife works at UWL on third shift as a custodian, and she's been there about a year and a half, so do you know how much she makes an hour? I do not. I do not. $15.60 an hour. So I'm just yeah. I'm just saying I know all these budgets and the the, the professors are going to get raises, but like Joe Biden said, when you guys get back in Madison, think about who cleans your toilets, who scrubs your floors, dumps your garbage. Well, Kent, you know, Kent, I'll, I'll say I, the I believe Brad, you could correct me is the the raises are for system employees. So your right. wife would be if she's a UW system employee. These raises are being oh. withheld because from your wife as well. Right, and she even came home and said they're going to give her a cost of living raise, which is three to five percent of fifteen dollars yeah. an hour. But let's let's talk, Brad. When you guys get back in session in Madison, just think about just the, at the bottom the custodians that help you guys, and they do go way out of their way to make things good and healthy for you, you know. Yeah. And maybe they should have a living wage twenty bucks an hour, eighteen. And I know uh, Scott Walker kind of busted this back in 2012. He kind of busted the custodial unions and, you know, and that, that's not even the point. So All right, be th- bipartisan and go for the janitors. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, Ken. Thank you for that. And thank your wife as well. Um, because, yes, as Rick stated, she would be part of this 4% uh, increase. But I hear you in regards to $15.00. And sixty cents, and uh, I also agree with you in the fact that uh, I believe the best way to grow this economy is from the bottom up and the middle out. And um, I, I do appreciate your comments. Yeah, thank your wife as well. Yeah, the idea that fifty—you know—we have this fight for fifteen, the minimum wage. While well, Wisconsin is seven twenty-five, the minimum wage could probably be fifteen an hour. But at this point, anyone who's trying to make a living can't make a living on fifteen dollars an hour anymore. Oh. And and uh, yeah, right. so anyway. Um, That's right. That's right. All right. So, okay. I think we can put this to bed. Uh, But Brad, you know, whatever the state of Wisconsin is doing to to grow its budget surplus from $2 billion when we passed the budget a couple months ago to to back up to $7 billion. Like, can we all as, as taxpayers, as, as residents, can we all invest in this same system? Like where are the, where is Wisconsin putting its money that it went from two to $7 billion? Cause I want to invest. 
Yeah, I want to invest in that too. <laughs> I, I don't exactly know. I can't answer that, Rick. And uh, I will say this, is that uh, as we know, I mean, we've had budget uh, uh, deficits in the past. We have to be very smart on what we do here. Uh, but I do think that investing in people and figuring out how to invest in um, in an economy that it, uh, you know recognizes the worker, I think that's the important thing to do. Well, the, if you want to take a budget surplus, that's that's not going to, you know, like we don't know what the future holds. So the budget surplus is kind of a one-time thing. You think of it like that. Well, the best thing to do would be invest in, in things that are one-time things, like a an engineering building at UW-Madison. Another investment would be UW-Lacrosse Prairie Spring Science Center. But if you want to think outside of that realm... Uh, we could invest in fixing the roads, right? Like everyone can agree, we always need to fix the roads. Um, but you actually, you actually, you know, if you want to get into our year in review a little bit, you actually uh, had legislation passed that that did that a little bit, right? A little bit. I am proud to say that we did. We're able to get some bipartisan efforts done, and I was helped lead the way on this agriculture road improvement program. It's 150 million dollars to create uh, a grant program that will fund transportation infrastructure for rural roads and bridges. Um, that's an important first start, but uh, again, more work needs to be done. And uh, believe me, I will continue to advocate to make sure that we've got strong infrastructure uh, investment in this state. Because as we know, um, you know, we need good roads and bridges and infrastructure in order for us to get to the marketplace and uh, uh, for the market goods to get to our house. I mean, it all all has to work out. I mean, we need to get to work. And, of course, we need to make sure that our farmers and uh, you know, our manufacturers get their products uh, to uh, the marketplace. All of that is so important. I mean, it, it, it's a little infuriating. So here's here's the breakdown. I believe I have these numbers off the top of my head correct-ish. Lacrosse County spending ten million dollars on roads next year, and because they're hitting some kind of like like they're they're going to hit some kind of mark, the state is going to contribute four million dollars. So the county is going to spend about fourteen million on roads next year. That's in the budget. But the idea that the county has to you know foot most of the bill when the state is sitting on seven billion dollars as budget surplus is kind of like a slap in the face. Hey, taxpayers in Lacrosse County, I get it; these are your roads, but everyone kind of uses the roads. Uh, you know, meanwhile, for two years now, for two years, we've been in, been sitting on a budget surplus that's fluctuated between like two and seven billion dollars. That that is correct. I mean that that is correct. Um, and um, we need. And this thing is, is that there just seems to be a lack of agreement on where we go forward. Uh, I have uh, proposed, you know, legislation when it comes to investing in a public-private childcare. Um, we know we've had conversations, Rick, you and I, uh, with your listeners in the past in regards to the, the breakdown of this child care structure we have. How can, you know, we work uh, with our private sector, with our businesses to create uh, a greater child care availability that doesn't uh, break the bank for our uh, working parents? I also, quite frankly, believe that we can do tax reform, and that would be based on, uh, you, know, uh, you know, based on the uh, Middle class and um, and uh, you know based on the number of children as well that uh, you know families have and uh, continue to um, you know lower the overall cost for working families. I think that's important. And uh, yeah, last you know, time continuing to push it. Yeah, last time we had a budget surplus under Governor Scott Walker right before the election against Tony Evers for the first time. Uh, he did the 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 child care tax credit, so it was like a hundred 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 fifty bucks per child that was eighteen or under. Uh, he came to lacrosse. He sat at the lacrosse airport, held a, a Spider-Man backpack up, 
and and talked about how families can buy shoes and clothes and pencils and pens and notebooks and uh, it was kind of funny because it was 150 bucks but he he blew the budget surplus in that regard uh, but meanwhile we're sitting on two billion dollars um, along the same lines we could yeah we could invest in childcare we could invest in PIFA yeah. the, the forever yeah, chemicals the right like uh, Campbell the town of Campbell's been been drinking uh, out of bottled water for two and a half years I think it is yeah, uh, yeah like what are we doing. Yeah, well, what are we doing? Unfortunately, the legislature is not doing, and that's what's disappointing, um, is the legislature is not uh, moving forward uh, to relieve the pressure of the people in uh, the town of Campbell when it comes to uh, this PFAS situation. And as you and I have talked with your listeners in the past, um, you know, the legislature uh, just doesn't seem to take this serious, um, the fact that we've got this forever chemical that's in our water, and uh, it's just... It's infuriating that um, you know they're not willing to um, you know move legislation that uh, would provide the kind of assistance that the people in the town of Campbell uh, need in order to make sure that the water they drink out of their tap is safe. Yeah, the, the, I mean, there's a couple of different ideas that they have. One of them is to drill below the PFAS water, uh, and I think they've done some exploratory drilling there, and to get the water yeah. that's below that, which seems kind of funny because if the PFAS water is above the clean water, would it not seep down? But I guess, you know, science there, we can go back to there's, there's the, there's probably some science there that wouldn't allow it. Um, back to, so those are two things that haven't gotten accomplished yet this year. And you guys got about four months next year, January, February, March. Yeah. And some April, three and a half months next year to work on this before you, you, you quit for the year, uh, quote unquote, quit for the year, um, and run for, for office. But you also passed the, 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 this like, alcohol bill i don't really so there was a fight about like wedding barns were fighting about this but but also a lot of people were happy with this bill can you explain you know in just a minute like what what this was well i will say this the piece of legislation we passed was bipartisan and it updates and modernizes wisconsin's alcohol law what we have in our state right now is we have a strong brewing tradition uh, we also have uh, alcohol distributors and we have retailers like taverns and restaurants uh, they did not agree on every part of this piece of legislation but they agreed that we needed to update and modernize our law we were able to get it done we got it signed into law by the governor um, Republicans and Democrats are uh, both declare victory on this. And I will say this is a win-win for the city of La Crosse when it comes to uh, city brewery. And it's also a win-win for our local uh, brewers, wineries, and distilleries. Um, they can now have off-site retail locations. And so that is a good thing. Um, and I will uh, end my comments on this by saying that it's also good for servers and bartenders because right now, uh, before we pass this legislation, you would have to, if you were a bartender, you'd have to get a separate license in the village of Holman, go to the city of Onalaska, get another license, go to the city of La Crosse and get another license. Now, one license statewide, you could be a bartender uh, in any location. All right. So what I'm learning when, when stuff like this passes and you say it passed with bipartisan support and these people aren't happy and those people aren't happy. What I'm learning is, A, when stuff passes and people aren't happy, that means like th that we negotiate it because not everybody is always right. going to ha be happy about all the things, right? Like, it, like it's, 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 we had to update it. We, it's not perfect, but we got to do something and, and we're not going to appease everybody. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Is that, um, 
you know, the first thing I learned when I first thing I asked uh, different people to come in here, are you happy with this piece of legislation? Eh, you know, it's okay. It could be better. Well, then you know that, uh, you know what, um, it's uh, it's been worked on, and um, you know, it's got a lot of different support uh, because you know, as you know, not everybody can get everything. We learned that at the kitchen table as kids growing up. We got to compromise with our brothers and sisters in order to have peace. Um, all right, last thing before I let you go here, Brad. Uh, there, so what I'm reading with this ranked choice voting thing that got a hearing today, uh, a bipartisan group of 21 lawmakers have signed this bill as co-sponsors. I, I don't think you're one of those. Would you be no. willing, would you be on board with, with a, a, a ranked choice voting system for, for, for Congress? This would be for U.S. Senate and U.S. House. Yeah, well, I will say this. Obviously, there needs to be changes in the U.S. Congress, without a doubt. I mean, that's a mess out there. I think we all, everybody recognizes that. Democrats and Republicans and independents, they recognize what a mess Congress is. Uh, ranked choice voting is a uh, concept that, well, it's not a concept. Our state of Alaska has it. Uh, this is a way in order to try and get more people engaged in, in voting in the uh, process. This is also a, uh, a situation where, you know, we trying to pull the extreme partisanship out of our politics. Uh, but to be honest with you, Rick, and to be honest with the listeners here, I got to learn a lot more about it. Um, I really do. I think there's a lot of good concepts to it, but I also want to make sure that people have confidence in the voting process right now. And one of the sad things that happened as a result of the 2020 election is that there doesn't seem to be a lot of uh, trust right now uh, in our voting process. And that's very concerning. Sure. That's State Senator Brad Paff. All right. Thanks uh, for spending the hour with, with us, Brad. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Merry Christmas, everyone. Have All a right. good one. All right. We'll see you. All right. That was uh, Brad Paff. We're going to take one more break. Wrap up. All right. Just going to wrap up here. Thanks again to State Senator Brad Paff for hanging out this hour. I was a little fired up. I don't know what got into me, but uh, when I see these, if you want to have a negotiation with DEI, then have a negotiation over DEI. If the negotiation, if the negotiation can't be pay raises, a new engineering building, and then a conservative thought position, and then uh, what was the other one? Um, student success positions. So it could be if we have 43 DEI positions at the University of Wisconsin Systems, and you want student success positions, whatever that means. Nobody defines that, of course, either. Uh, then, then, then take some of the forty-three and make those student success. That would begin the negotiation. Beyond that, if you want to have a conservative thought position, so you want to add another position of administration or whatever to the University of Wisconsin system, also be part of the negotiation. But the idea that we're going to withhold pay raises that were already in the state budget—that doesn't seem right to me. So, uh, people like Kent's wife and. Uh, Trigoski, who comes on with me on Fridays, the professor at UWL, they haven't gotten their raise yet. That was promised to them. It was in the, it's in the budget. So that, that can't be part of the negotiation. And then a building that's been on the docket for X amount of years, and including UW Lacrosse's Prairie Spring Science Center, it's been sitting, uh, you know, on hold for five years. That can't be part of the negotiation with diversity positions. Like you can't have seven things that Republicans want and then, and then also just the one thing that, that Democrats, so to speak, want. I don't know why the, an engineering building would be Democratic at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Uh, but that's that's the fight. So Democrats say we should build this building. Jill Billings was on the Buildings Commission as well. She said, yeah, we should be doing this. 
Uh, so anyway, it doesn't make any sense to me that those are the negotiations. The negotiations should be the positions. Take the 43 positions. You want some student success ones? Here's here's 15 of them. Here's 20 of them. Whatever the number is. I don't know. Tell me what student success is anyway. And then if you want a conservative thought thing, whatever that position, whatever that means, then you take from that 43 then. Or you add, you go up to 50 and you go 25 and 25, something like that. All right, that's all the time I have for today. Thank you, everybody, for listening.